0: In this episode, we talk with Max Finn about how he's scaling proudpatriot.com to a $15 million a year brand, selling Donald Trump bobbleheads. It's a crazy story, plus you'll learn about his epic poor ad failure of free plus shipping offers. You'll also learn about his winning ad and how he's leveraging video survey ads right now on Facebook, plus what a burst promotion is and how you can negotiate a burst promotion cpa and affiliate uh, payout and commission rolling into q4 and have an amazing amazing uh black friday and cyber monday weekend it's an amazing episode enjoy
1: day one you want to get into performance marketing you're going to go to one of these networks and say hey i know you don't know who i am i know i've made you no money i want five grand like that's that's not going to be likely but if you're selected and you tell them out of the gate hey We're looking to develop a deep relationship, a deep partnership. We don't wanna work with a lot of networks. We don't wanna run tons of different offers. We wanna go with you. Like, what do we need to do to get to a place where you're comfortable making this happen? And they'll probably tell you, hey, well, we we need you to run two offers, three offers. We need to get to this number of sales a day. Whatever the information is, now you have a goal to hit. And once you hit that, now you have a really good potential deal structure in place for future offers.
0: listening to the Rich Ad, Poor Ad podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it.
2: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, where we dive into what's working, what isn't working, some badass financial principles. Today we have an absolute legend, a rock star in the game. I'm pumped to have him on. So, I mean, Zach, are you ready for this one or what, man?
0: Oh, dude, I'm I'm pumped, man. He's, I think uh, today's guest has done a lot for I think the agency ecosystem. I think there's a lot of agencies that have kind of grown up uh, and. Gone from let's say freelancers to like real agency owners um, and real media buyers with his principles. And he manages, he's still in the trenches. He manages, you know, I think he was saying 20 million plus um, a year in media still. And uh, it's always fun when somebody's on that's not only in the trenches doing media buying, but also an offer owner um over uh they're doing some pretty cool things with some donald trump coins it's crazy stuff it's, it's so weird uh but also th- that still loves the agency game and doing some high level stuff you know in the um in the performance marketing space with some sp- serious spenders with snow and perfect keto and on it and the list goes on man so i'm excited to have him on should we actually bring him on, or should we just talk about how amazing he is? And the hype is real, so I mean, just everybody buckle
2: up. <laughs>
1: just just keep all- going.
0: <laughs> Max, man, welcome to the show, dude.
1: What's up, guys? So we, we could go, we'll just? we'll do 60 minutes, and you guys just talk for 60 minutes, doing an intro, and I'll just sit here and just uh, hang out and uh, be, in, be in the green room.
0: <laughs> uh, that would be amazing. You just have so much confidence at the end of that.
1: just 60 minutes of compliments is it's the greatest thing you can end your week on
0: so you know for if you've been you know not in in the media bag game if you're a new agency and let's just say they've never heard of 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 max finn you know how would you describe like what you're up to right now what you're most excited about uh so we can get some of the folks listening up to speed
1: cool so uh Great intro, love it. It wasn't it wasn't my stock boring intro. We talked about in the beginning. I was like, please, like, just here's what I'm doing right now. Just if, say whatever you want to say. If it's one word, that's great. um So my partner Jeremy and I run a company called Unicorn. Uh, basically, three parts of the business. We have info where we teach. We have performance where we do for others. We run traffic for other brands, and then we have internal brands, which is where we actually build our own companies, our own assets. Right now, our, our two priorities going into q4 is performance and internal projects So, proud patriots is the name of our our biggest econ property that's just scaling like crazy um and i'm excited to share some things that we're doing there that's that's fun exciting different that's like a it's this playground the sandbox that i get to operate in which is really fun as a as a media buyer and also as like a strategist getting to get my hands dirty there um but yeah it's it's a interesting time to be in our market. There's a lot of stuff changing. there's a lot a lot of volatility, a lot of fluctuations, a lot of changes coming or that' have already came. and so excited to be able to share some tips today, along with some things that that suck and bomb like that that's what I love about what you're doing, just and then we can dive in. I, I've talked about this quite a few times on on my podcast and in groups and stuff, like not enough people that have influence talk about failures, right? It, they're always talking about how good they are and how much money they make and how successful they are. And the problem is like, that's a fraction of what happens, right? Most of us on a daily basis fail, like, or at least do okay. Like the, the average test I run, the average offer I run, like is going to bomb. I think we, we operate kind of in an MLB type world where if you're batting 300, you're, you're hall of famer. Um, mm-hmm. So people need to share the 70%, like 70% is a lot of failure that people need to mm-hmm. talk about.
0: We had, you know, it took a while to get there with the show. I'll be honest. Like the first, you know, couple dozen of guests were, you know, they had like an agency arm and they had like a couple other things. And of course the agency like had no failures and, and no poor ads. <laughs> and, so, and so we had to like roast, you know, we had to just roast like random ads on the internet, which is great. But, uh, it, there's so much more value when somebody's really willing to kind of, uh, pull back the curtain a little bit and, and share that um, they do have some kryptonite that they're vulnerable to.
1: Yeah. We <laughs> can
0: make it failures. 60
1: minutes of, of failures. Just failures. Okay, cool. All yeah. Day. Let's just
0: get into that. Well, one of the things that I like, you know, what you're up to is uh, you're, I, th- I feel like you're more aware than most of the, f- the financial side of your business. You know, I, I um, there's a good article that came out last month by Andreessen Horowitz. And it's basically all about embedded financial products and financial services and how it can 2 to 5x the value of your customers. And one of the things uh, that I love what you're doing is you're starting to build that ecosystem for yourself. And it's starting to like, it's at the early like grounds and starting to shape. um, But you're aware of it, right? And you're aware that like, oh, you know, there are some opportunities here, whether it's investing, you know, having those, you know, that financial arm as an investment arm to buy and acquire businesses, whether that's having an investment arm or access to capital to fund, you know, ads or inventory or projects or bring in, you know, private lenders and private deals, or it's just, you know, having access to this to, to you know, spin up new projects and, um, and new brands and offers faster that is exactly what we're trying to do with this show. It's obviously a playoff rich dad, poor dad. And but we love
1: how I thought that was an original concept. Yeah. There's something called rich dad, poor dad.
0: Yeah, no, bro. No, I think what he did was amazing. Like he, he does like a ton of great financial education and it doesn't happen enough in our space of advertising and agencies. And we get so focused on the metrics and the campaigns and the CPAs and it, there's a whole financial component that we're trying to highlight here. So I'm excited to dive into that. Um, but, uh, I'm also excited to hear about your failures, but let's kick off, uh, this rich ad Dylan. Let's, let's get into what's, what's working right now.
2: Oh yeah. I mean this, this is a super solid ad, especially with everything going on. I feel like it just pops. So I mean, I'll go ahead and just read it. The the copy itself just really calls out the audience. You know, hey, President Trump needs our help to protect our great country from the radical left. Show your support with this limited edition bobblehead. And you have the poll on there, which is a pretty new feature. So, I mean, this is a badass ad. And I feel like with the Times, it's probably some fun targeting and fun copy to write. But go ahead and kind of break it down for us because this has got to be a juicy one.
1: Sure. So we started realizing um, about... I would say about a year and a half two years ago how powerful interactive content is in your marketing um, you know meaning quizzes and polls and things have a funnel that interact with your target audience and getting them to engage share value make micro commitments it's a really powerful uh, marketing tactic and Facebook rolled out video poll ads and um, about nine months ago, maybe a year ago, when they put it into beta. Um, but typical Facebook, they rolled the feature out in the most useless way. It was only available for like, traffic and reach objectives, like really weird objectives. And it was, it was very specific to how you could use it. They've now opened it up to conversion objectives. So it's actually useful for marketers that are watching this show. Um, and what's great about it is just out of the gate, that ad you saw we were already running pretty much that exact same ad and getting you know a 1.2 1.5% click through rate on it which was profitable once we put that video poll ad feature on it we're now getting 4 to 5% click through rates mm-hmm. on it because think about it the the way somebody clicks through an ad right now is they see the ad they see promoting a product promoting a solution to a problem and they click buy now, or shop now, learn more, sign up, whatever the call to action is. Whereas if you can put a, a more thought-provoking, engaging question on it, where it's you know yes, no, or whatever the choices are, it dramatically increases the likelihood somebody's going to click on it because it's less salesy. It's more about them and their opinion and their feelings. You can push more of an emotional button with your copy. Um, and that's really what this, this project has been all about. It's a really interesting brand to run ads for especially as somebody that's kind of apolitical, like I'm pretty down the middle when it comes to politics. So learning this audience and learning what they resonate with, what words resonate, what triggers them and stuff, like it makes creating copy and creating questions really easy. Um, And so that's, what's beautiful about this is like people, especially in politics, and this is all about knowing your audience. It's all about knowing like, what do they care about? What drives them? What motivates them? People really want their voice to be heard. People really want to share their opinion. They really want to feel like somebody cares about their opinion. And so if you can create a format that encourages that and you're the person facilitating it, it builds a really interesting connection out of the gate because you're that person that's giving them the platform to share their voice and you say, I care about your voice, right? Um, And then you're able to present an offer that's directly related to the question you just asked. And the cool thing about the video poll ads is, you know, I'm, I'm kind of was lazy with this ad and, and both options go to the exact same place because frankly, like, <laughs> frankly, you know, with who we're targeting, the amount of people saying, no, I'm not going to vote for president Trump are pretty small. I think like it was 99% when I clicked, it showed yes. Oh my wow. God. But, but when you're running, you know, another product, like you could have two options that Go to two different offers based on their answer, which again, like is great because it increases your success rate. Like, if now yeah. you're not limited to a single destination, if now you have two options, so you can present two problems, two solutions to an audience and have two pathways, that's mm-hmm. pretty powerful as a marketer. Because with most ads, you're basically like, I hope that the way I'm presenting this problem and the solution that I'm offering and the angle and the way I'm offering it is going to trigger and relate to the person on the other side chances are it's not going to trigger most people it's not going to you know relate to most people it's gonna be a small pocket so if you can double that it's it's pretty big especially if you are like break even doubling it you know all of a sudden makes it more profitable
2: how long was this ad running actually was this something that just knocked it out for a month has it been running six months consistently i'm kind of curious on the kind of creative fatigue with this type of ad
1: so this, uh, I think we launched this one like three weeks ago. So this is, this is like new. We just started, started running these. And that's why I was excited to share it because I haven't really talked about it anywhere. This is the first place I'm talking about it. Um, what was interesting though, is that exact ad had been running for a lot longer. So we literally took an ad that was already working and probably should have fatigued. And we put it into this new ad unit and all of a sudden CPA dropped and it got this another life out of it. Which is pretty cool so like instead of having to do a creative refresh you can almost do like an ad unit refresh where you're changing up the actual ad unit itself not really the creative or the copy but just changing the way it's kind of presented and, and get that extra boost out of it
0: that's so cool man i i've seen that for book funnels uh we've been looking at this for the rich ed poor ed book um do you want an ebook or do you want a physical book right and um also you know we've kind of starting to play with this ourselves with ad card, right. Is, you know, you're a similar prospect in the sense that you have your, you have an agency cap on sometimes, and then you have a brand owner cap on. And so the way that we talk to agency owners is totally different than brand owners. And, yeah. uh, and it's interesting to see like, you know, uh, those kind of jump ship a little bit and it's, it's awesome that you can actually pull those off. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's Ad Card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend in partnership with MasterCard. And if you are an aggressive affiliate dealing with dozens of ad accounts, or you are in gray hat or black hat verticals such as drop shipping, CBD, or other verticals where you're dealing with ad accounts getting shut down, business managers getting shut down, or even deplatformed from platforms like Facebook and Google, then you absolutely need to check out FunnelDash's ad card. We give you unlimited free virtual debit and credit cards so you can have a dedicated card for every single ad account campaign. And you can attach any name and address in the US you have complete anonymity on the card and at the card level. Plus, one of my favorite features is that you don't have to pre-fund or even top off like most typical virtual card solutions today. So if this is you and you're operating these verticals, whether you're an agency or an advertiser, then check out AdCard at FunnelDash.com. What I wanna know is how did you get into bobbleheads? Because I thought your whole business like was off these coins. It was. Yeah, so like, who came up with this idea of like oh we need a bobblehead and we're gonna we're gonna start this is gonna be our second product uh second the coins
1: so we yeah i mean currency has been our bread and butter um that's what we did in 2016 that's what we started with this and again like we wanted to expand SKUs and expand our product line the challenge though is the market's super saturated like there there's a dime a dozen people selling you know hats and shirts and pins and like it's so easy to do that the currency is unique because it's real us currency in order to do it you actually need to hold a significant amount of cash with banks to get because your inventory is money right so if you want to sell you know a million two dollar bills that means you need to have two million dollars in cash sitting somewhere essentially um so we have a a partner that we worked with four years that actually is one of the few people that does this and holds you know a million dollars with this bank a million dollars this bank which is crazy um
0: wait wait, i want to talk about this for a second because this is this is a lot like my business over at ad capital right there's people that basically have money in banks and it's a little bit different where we got to lend it out but like this is there's literally people that like this is their niche and they're like i keep money like a lot of money in banks so that max can thrive with with proud Patriot.
1: (laughs) what yeah this is a thing yeah it's a myth. so there's um basically there's a few players in the space that have the ability to print on u.s currency so they have all the infrastructure they have printers that can print right onto two dollar bills on coins and stuff and their inventory is eisenhower dollars jfk half dollars two dollar bills and that's what they're printing on but in order to get the clean coins, right, the uncirculated coins and bills, like you can't just go into a bank and say, can I get a million dollars in $2 bills, right? Or can I get a million, you know, $2 dollar coins? Um, so you need to have relationships with different banks that can get you this uncirculated currency. And in order to do that, you need to hold certain reserves with those banks um, to make the deal work. And you also need a, a Crap ton of insurance and stuff. Like there, it's it's crazy. Like the guy's facility is like an unassuming warehouse in the middle, like you know, just in a weird place. Like nobody would ever know that that's like basically a a mint in there. The guy's office, he has like a million dollars of like bills just stacked up in like a it's crazy. Um but anyway, so yeah, that that's it's it's a cool, it's a cool product line. Um and what's cool money about is the it, inventory
0: yeah. money is the inventory that's just like yeah still just blowing my mind right
1: now. money money is the inventory which also is great from a marketing perspective because it's like you're you're selling something with tangible value it's it's real currency again we're selling we're selling two dollar bills for a lot more than they're worth but still there isn't there aren't many things that you can buy where if you wanted to you could just take that thing that you bought and go to the bank or go to the store and use it to purchase things, which is kind of cool. It's like, if you ever needed to, you could take your $2 bill collection and you can go and use those $2 bills to buy something or put it back in the bank. So it's from a marketing angle, the real U S currency has been huge. Cause a lot of people in the space are like tokens, like they're just making like metal stamps with Trump's face on it and stuff. So there's only a few that do real currency. Um, But anyway, so the way we've been expanding that business is we're consistently rolling out new designs to print onto the bills and coins. So we obviously have one working on right now for the debate. So anytime there's like new stuff and space force came out, we had a space force bill that crushed. So we'll call the new design. We test a lot and, you know, I would say every few pop and they'll do, you know, a few hundred grand in sales. They'll like have a good pop. And then they kind of taper off because there's a set audience for currency. It's not a, it's not a massive audience of people that buy these things, but they're great gifts. People that are collectors like to buy them. Um, so yeah, that was the way we were expanding our SKUs, but we wanted to diversify a little bit. We didn't want to be like a single SKU or single product category company. And you know, we get, because of the brand we built, pitched products all the time. Like, hey, I have this thing and this Trump thing and this you know Republican thing. And we had connected with a guy who did a Trump bobblehead in 2016 and he crushed it, but he's not like a marketer or an entrepreneur. He just made a mold. He's He can make molds of bobbleheads and did really, really well that like, Hey, I'm going to do this again for 2020, but I have no idea really what I'm doing. And I'd like to sell a lot more of them. So can we do a deal? So we we've done a deal with him. We get an exclusive deal where he makes the bobbleheads and we put them on amazon our store we basically get the rights to do all the the e distribution for the the products um and it, it's it's a little different because we've been doing the we've had this luxury and this goes to like our financial um and hopefully zach can still can still hear me um because he turned into a map yeah, which is I'm it. here, I'm here. <laughs> you're, you're a good looking map there um <laughs> So the thing with the the currency is we've been so fortunate cash flow-wise because like it is essentially print on demand. Like he can make as many, you know, he can make a certain amount, ship them out directly. Now we're moving a lot to fulfillment, our own fulfillment center just for other reasons. But like we have like net 45 payment terms, like just ridiculous payment terms with him. So we're just so cash flow positive. The bobbleheads is a little different because they're you know they got to like mold bobbleheads and design like it's, it's a lot more intensive right and so we actually have to you know get into the inventory game now which is a little different but we still have great terms with them i think we just we ordered you know like i think twenty thousand to do a test and the test crush and so we put like another order for like fifty thousand in right behind it um and like i told you now we're now that we saw the bobbleheads are crushing on a pre-order we're gonna be able to shift them to now actually for sale starting in a week which should increase conversion rates um now we're expanding that so now we're like hey there's a sleepy joe bobble, bobblehead that we're coming out with, a call, which is him in pajamas that i think we'll do really we're we'll at the test it. actually as we speak we have our buyer starting to run up ads for that um so that, that's really where it, it came from and again it, it's a weird thing because like if i'm
0: it's so funny because it's just like it's so who you are like it, it literally for the last several years you've literally just had action figures behind you and like
2: bobbleheads, like you're actually selling them too. <laughs> oh my god, that looks it's. it's, it's hey. Oh my that, gosh, I think so. I'm excited for that sleepy Biden one. That's gonna be funny.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting business. It's it's an eye opening business. It's like I tell all my friends this because then I I really stay out personally. I just stay out of politics because and this is the reason. Like we've run so much spend on political ads over the last four years and, and literally to the point where we've probably i mean our ads probably have generated millions if not tens of millions of comments over mm-hmm. the years and I'll, every now and then i'll go through them look at the comments and i can i tell people this like when they share these long monthly posts about how stupid trump is how stupid biden is or how stupid republicans are democrats are and all the shit and they list all the reasons i tell them, like I have never once on a single comment on a single ad seen somebody list out all the reasons why capitalism is stupid or socialism is stupid and the person on the other end say, you know what, I changed my mind. And I've been a <laughs> diehard socialist my entire life, but your argument on capitalism really convinced me on this Facebook ad. So now I'm a capitalist or vice versa. Except director.
0: for today. Except for today. Yeah. All right. We're, we're going to do oh this. Let's, let's, get, <laughs> let's
1: go. It's never happened. It. It's, it's never happened. Um, it's never happened yeah. and, I, and I don't think it ever will happen. Um, so I always just feel bad when I see people like spend so much time writing these posts. That, like the data's in and, and the data you're shows a, that you have no you're, chance.
0: You're apathetic That's a little bit.
2: No, it's Oh,
0: man. But okay. A little bit. Let's go. <laughs> Dylan, let's 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 dive into this pour right here. Yeah, let's, let's, I want to you know, learn that Max isn't perfect. I just I want to know. I want to know his failures.
2: It's a good part. It's a good part. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, what's been recent? Maybe something crash and burn. Maybe it was in the past, a strategy or an offer. Let's let's release the beast a little bit.
1: Let's do it. So we can spend the next 40 minutes on on losers. Um <laughs> you know the the big thing that's really bombed for us multiple times. And I think this will be useful for a lot of people watching because it's still a strategy that's talked about. So frequently we have lost our shirts numerous times on free plus shipping, like, like free plus shipping, especially for, we'll, we'll send the proud Patriots lane. And then we can talk about more, more failures too, if you want, but like free plus shipping, I, I know. So here's the thing about it. Like we've run free plus shipping for some big names as in back when we did agency stuff, and those big names sometimes can motivate and inspire others to do those strategies. They're Are like, you talking I'm,
0: about books for a second, or like what what free so push shipping is there outside heard, like, of?
1: So um, I don't want to give the specifics because I don't want to throw anybody in the bus. But like, um, but like specifically for our brand for Coin, we've tried to do like a free Coin, a free Bill, things like okay. that. Um, uh, you know just pay for shipping but we, we've done other physical products other brands in the space that do physical products lower ticket um physical products the the problem is people see that while they're doing they're doing big revenue with free plus shipping what they don't see is that these companies have these really special back-end deals in place that make it economical right meaning they have some type of co-reg deal in place where they're selling that buyer lead for five bucks, 10 bucks, 15 bucks. So you might try to do the same thing that they're doing and think, well, I have the same, same model, same type of products, they're making it work, but you don't have that other component, which is some person that's really good at monetizing data that's in your industry that's willing to backstop your losses. And so because people don't see that, they just get into it and think, hey, free plus shipping, like. I'm going to build a you know a multi million dollar funnel giving away a product mm-hmm. for free. Um, mm-hmm. We've tried mm-hmm. it numerous times without that backend co reg kind of deal in place, and it just doesn't work out. Like I, I don't know many people nowadays. I, I very, maybe a handful that actually are running anything similar to that with any real volume. So part of it is it, it's not really economical on the front end. The other part is the quality difference is massive. Like, what's made our business, I think, so effective on the collectible side is we don't do that anymore. Like, we all of our ads now are going to premium prices. So we're selling and we keep, we test prices all the time. Like, we'll throw out a test. What if we charge $2 more? What if we charge $4 more? What if we charge $6 more? What's the elasticity there? So we'll sell, you know, this bobblehead for $49.99. The, you know, the bills we sell for $29.99, $2 bill we sell for $29.99. And what's amazing about that is the the person that's willing to spend that amount of money on a product is willing to spend more on average on the initial order and come back and buy again and again. Like we've seen so many, we have a Slack notification that comes into one of our, our channels for this offer. And anytime I think there's like a $500 plus order, it's like a notification comes in we get multiple a day. Like we had somebody yesterday place a $2,500 order, yeah. like $2,500 on our highest price product is the bobblehead, you know, in the thirties or forties. So like they'll come in and they'll buy every SKU we have on our Shopify store. They'll buy all the upsells They'll buy multiple things. And that happens. Like we'll have a few thousand dollar plus orders every week to come in. And so that's, that's the thing. I think a lot of people don't think about is, Hey, I'm starting this offer. I want to scale. I want to do all this revenue and stuff. But like what we're focused on is, well, I want to build an asset, right? We did the offer thing in 2016. Offers are great if you scale. You can make, you know, some good cash, but then they disappear and then you're back to the drawing board. Like I want to build something that we can sell for 20, 30, 40 million dollars in a few months. Like that's what I want to do. And to do that, you need to focus on, well, what are, what's a buyer going to look for? What's a buyer going to care about? Do you think a buyer is going to value our company at a higher valuation? If we have a hundred thousand customers who on average spend $75 on their first order and over 150 over the lifetime, or do you think they're going to, you know, value a company higher than has a hundred thousand customers who, on average spent $7 and don't come mm-hmm. back. Like mm-hmm. that's what we started thinking about. And that mind shift was huge for us instead of chasing Initial scale, initial volume, focusing more on building an asset and what the quality looks like.
2: Yeah, yeah. I actually bought my first free plus shipping offer literally in the past week from Snow. is When you were speaking about that, it was some lip balm cream, and I'm like, hey, well, why not? You know. But I mean, I I even tested a couple of those, and man, it usually just brings in low quality traffic. Once you kind of finish that, so I mean, it's it causes more harm than good for sure. So I mean, that's that's. A Killer
1: shit. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised I'm gonna the text. Shot. I didn't know Josh was running any any free plus shipping. It was an email.
2: Yeah, I saw it and I was like, dude, I always wake up with chap lips. <laughs> you know, it's like why not?
1: It is a great product. They just they shouldn't be given away for free. Although they just <laughs> sent as I say that, they sent us a big box of samples for free. So <laughs> just a little <laughs> hypocritical there.
0: That's awesome, man. So let's move into this last segment, man. I want to dive into some financial principles when it comes to advertising. And uh, I think there's really two big uh, parts that I really want to dive into is obviously, you know, how you guys negotiate terms with your your partners on the agency side or how you're doing this, you know, on the, the, the brand side. But I also want to get into, you know, how you're looking at um, starting to, to network with other investors and you know your your appetite is starting to get a little bit more sophisticated in terms of like what to do you know with outside money and i think a lot of people you know that kind of start out it's just like i'm never going to take on investor dollars like ever and i'm going to own 110% of my business and uh it's really cool to see kind of people graduate of like hey look if it's the right terms and it's the right fit and it can be deployed in the right way um that's that's smart money is what they say so walk us through how you're thinking about things
1: sure so we'll, we'll break this out in two parts so we'll start with the first is just how we're looking at performance offers and just to be clear so on the agency side we really not we really we don't do any um typical agency deals anymore meaning percent of ad spend um everything we do is performance based and uh and there's a lot of reasons why we do that I won't i won't you guys with it because it's not not this topic unless we want to talk about it after um what we what we realized is let's focus on developing deep deep relationships with a handful of performance partners instead of trying to work with every network out there which is what i think a lot of people when they get into affiliate marketing performance marketing they just go to all the networks and there's a lot of great networks out there right but there's also a lot that are just volume plays and they really don't care too much about building deep relationships with their affiliates because it's, it's a churn game. They have so many coming in. It's like, why would I give you special terms or work with you? Cause I have a thousand other guys sign up every single day to, to run ads for me. So we instead said, let's, okay, let's build deep relationships with two or three networks that are more boutique that are more selective. Let's prove to them that we can do volume that we can actually produce and then let's start going to them and saying, hey, we, we want to be more exclusive with you guys. We want to work at a deeper level with you. We want to be your go-to testing partner. We want to be transparent with data and share with you what's working creative-wise, what's working audience-wise, so you can bring that to the advertiser and bring that to other partners. In order to do that, we need some things. And one of those things is we need basically a dedicated loss pool for any offer. So we've gotten to the point now where we don't go out of pocket to test offers. Which is huge, right because when you're when you're in the performance world, it is a numbers game, so most offers that you test are going to fail, and so if you can get guaranteed loss pools, you can test more rapidly, more frequently without actually having to put the cash out there to do that and I would also yeah. say
0: that well one i think this is one of the best things that's happened in the world of performance marketing affiliate marketing in a long time is the idea of going deeper and this idea of loss pools second thing i want to say is that i think nine times out of ten the brand owner is willing to lose more money on testing than the affiliate or the performance partner always yeah,
1: uh, yeah it's, and, almost always
0: and so you know your affiliate's going to throw down like 2 3 grand 5 grand 10 grand if you're James Van Elswick maybe 40 grand or a couple hundred grand in solar uh if he's really into it but um but yeah i think that it's uh you know the 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 brand owners committed right and they're uh it, it it's just such a no brainer man and it's like oh, a great way to de-risk um the business and I think this innovation has really happened. I want to say like this year. I, I, I want to say like in the last like 12 months where um, where oh, there's been so many agencies, you know, on the retainer model, where this is like this this is the, the the vehicle, if you will, to get you into performance marketing. And if you're like an agency listening to this, and you're like, I want to be Max Finn when I grow up. And, or like, you're just like, I can't get away from the retainer model. I really want to get into performance, but like, I don't have the bankroll, right. To, to get into it. And you should absolutely not like go take out ad capital. <laughs> to like make the leap into performance marketing, use debt for that. That's like crazy risk. I think this loss pool is a game changer. And I think, you know, in the next three years, you're going to see a ton of agencies only really the best of breed are going to be able to make that jump, because the the loss pool is going to be, you know, the the thing that they're going to ultimately have to break through to to become basically what you're doing, which is purely 100 percent performance.
1: Yeah, and the key there is like how you position it to the network, right, and to the advertiser on the other end, um, the actual brand. Like, don't just say, "Hey, I want five grand to run the offer," right? Like it's you know, like, here's, this is a, a 5k investment, and we're going to test X amount of creative, we're going to test X amount of audiences, we're going to be transparent with the results that we're going to get you. So you're going to get a lot of data, a lot of insight into angles that work angles that don't work. And so if you're either or the network or the brand, even if you lose all five grand, which usually if you're at a five or 10k loss pool, most people that are actually using the media bias are not going to burn through all of it if the offer sucks. If it bombs, you're going to call it quits before that. So your risk as the offer owner is like pretty light there. But even if you did, even if you went all in 5K, 10K, you're still getting a ton of data, a ton of information and insight that you can then bring to your internal media buyer, to your agency, whoever's running the traffic for you. And that's worth a lot just to have that insight. So positioning it's huge and also developing deep relationships. So we have like two networks that we almost work exclusively with and they bring us every single new offer that comes in the platform. They bring it to us before it goes to anybody else. Here's the offer. Here's when it's launching. Here's the details. Do you guys want to run it? We want to test it. It's like, yeah. Let's go we'll do 5k. We'll do 10k and, and we'll get going. And we have built such a history with them. We've made them so much money and we've made a lot of money with them that we now have built that trust. And so it, it works. So again, it's not like something you can go out. I'm not going to say day one, you want to get into performance marketing you're going to go to one of these networks and say, hey, I know you don't know who I am. I know I've made you no money. I want five grand. Like, that's that's not going to be likely. But if you're selected and you tell them out of the gate, hey, we're looking to develop a deep relationship, a deep partnership. We don't want to work with a lot of networks. We don't want to run tons of different offers. We want to go with you. Like, What do we need to do to get to a place where you're comfortable making this happen? And they'll probably tell you, hey, well, we, we need you to run two offers, three offers. We need you to get to this number of sales a day, whatever the information is. Now you have a goal to hit. And once you hit that, now you have a really good potential deal structure in place for future offers.
2: How many deals are y'all doing at kind of one time or offers more or less? Are you testing one or two or five or six? It's, it's just kind of different.
1: So it depends on the capacity of our buyers, right? Mm-hmm. So how much stuff are they scaling right now? How much stuff is working right now? Um, because again, it is a numbers game. So you might we might go you know, a month of testing stuff where nothing hits. And then another month where all of a sudden two or three offers in a row hit and that buyer's time is kind of limited in what they can do. Um, you know, I would say at most we're, we're testing four to six new offers a month. Um, going into Q4, it changes a little bit because we've started doing more burst campaigns for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, which is, that's another like huge, huge profit maker if you were if you're a talented media buyer going to some networks and saying, "Hey, are you guys doing any special campaigns for that weekend?" I didn't even know this was a thing. Like this is new, this started with us last year. One of our partners who we have a deep relationship with came to us like 2 weeks before Black Friday and said, "Hey, we have this big brand, um, they want to move like 75,000 units. Over the weekend, in addition to what they're planning to do internally, so they're going to double their CPA. They're also running a fifty percent off sale site wide. Plus, they're adding all these special gifts to the order. And we're going to work. With, we're going to have two partners scale it for them and hit that goal. Do you want to do it? So, of course, of course, we want to do it. The problem is, like, we were so last minute. I was running. I was running ten ad accounts at the same time because we had to, we didn't have time to build any up. So they were all like 5K for the first few days. And we were trying to scale up to, you know, like 200, 300 grand a day and spend. Um, eventually they got there, you know, on Monday. But like that is a huge opportunity because if a lot of these fast growing D2C brands that have these huge goals for that weekend, maybe they're venture backed. Maybe they have, you know, big capital investors behind them that want them to hit certain, certain sales goals. And so they're willing to get super, super aggressive just to move a ton of inventory over that weekend and do big numbers and uh so we're planning this has, right now
0: this has uh this has like um tofer and giddy up like written all over it these these type of uh, contracts <laughs> i feel
1: like uh this one, yeah. there's one Topher is great okay. yes. these aren't specifically with with giddy they, Giddy's one of our partners that we do a lot of stuff with um Topher yeah Topher, that dude just Wicked smart. Like he's he's one of the smartest he's just,
0: well, he's just like a legend of being able to like negotiate this stuff, right? Like he he is a pioneer of coming up with all kinds of new ways to negotiate with brands. And I feel like we're talking about the two here that we talked about today, which is lost pools and burst campaigns, which you know, TM uh Max Fan, <laughs> if that's not already a phrase but uh, Topher's probably got like several other dozen that we don't even know about and he'll never tell us. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure. Until, until until you're across the table from him in a negotiation and he sends you the contract and then you get to see what it is.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Oh my gosh. I love this guys. Um, Okay. Let's dive into this, this other part, right? So talk to us about how you're thinking about investment and, you know, bringing, you know, some of these folks into your, your brands projects things like that
1: yeah so we were we were talking before we went on the uh the live here and then sort of recording about you know there's this interesting problem opportunity happening right now where you have this dichotomy of wealth so you have over the last six months a lot of people struggling a lot of people hit really really hard on the other side of the spectrum you have people that are are upper middle income and upper income are doing better than they were done. Like if you're if you still have your job and you were making you know 10,0, 20,0 plus, like this has been a a great time economically for for that slice of the economy, that slice of society. The problem though is where do you put your cash if you've already you're already you know invested in the stock market, you're already heavily invested in real estate, all these asset classes, are at sky high valuations, right? Like it's a great time to buy real estate because of my mortgage rates and stuff. That was great for us buying our house. But like we knew, you know, we built our house probably at the, the peak. Uh, but we just, we just didn't care because not, it's not an investment for us. Um, so a lot of these guys and a lot of these women are seeing e-com. They're seeing where's the growth opportunity in terms of ROI. Like where can I get in as if I invested in Amazon 10 years ago? Or Apple 10 years ago, right? You see those charts, you look at the 10-year, five-year charts of these companies, and you just feel like an idiot because you didn't invest, right? Just a little line and then and then this. And so e-com is is the hot thing, right? Like we've seen a decade's worth of the adoption curve happen in six months, which is crazy. We've seen all these technologies and trends that probably would have taken five, 10 years to reach the thresholds they've hit, they've hit in the COVID world. Um and so yeah, have these people that like the opportunities come about really fast, but they haven't had the time to educate themselves, right? Like if the adoption curve was five, 10 years, those investors have five to 10 years to learn the market, learn how to invest in it, all this stuff. And even just having investing infrastructure be developed simultaneously. None of that's happened. So we've had just tons of our people on our network that have a few million dollars in the bank and cash ready to invest. They're like, Hey, do you do you know any ecom stores that are looking to sell do you know is there anywhere we can put this capital to work in your world because all we see is your world just going like this and we want to be involved in it and and so it's a really interesting time if you're in ecom if you're in performance if you're in this world to either direct capital by kind of advising people and collecting a fee and being kind of a deal maker or raising a fund and and directing that as well or investing your own capital like there's just so many opportunities to get access to cheap capital to do really interesting deals um i mean that that's like a big focus for ours right now is how- what do you track. think
0: yeah so do you think this is like outside money meaning like pe- people in just totally different careers they know nothing about online marketing and it's your white collar you know professionals or do you think this is more like uh, just say older generation of entrepreneurs that had different businesses and are you know just sit, sitting on cash
1: we we see both right now we see um, we have guys that are like old money like run family offices that are more traditional investors that are reaching out to us and asking you know what are some opportunities right now and then we see people that are deep into e that have you know, a portfolio brands that are looking really actively to buy more stuff. Because now's a great time to be acquiring income producing assets. Like, there's just so much opportunity out there where people that got started, they start, they had a cool product, they launched a Shopify store, and, and maybe it's, you know, doing a million to a year and, you know, it's bringing in a quarter million dollars in profit, but they have no idea how to do anything to scale that. Like, they're not, business owners. They're not operators. They just found a cool product and and it's growing. Like there's a lot of those individuals out there. And I know like Roland Fraser and, and those guys are doing a lot with their program about teaching how to acquire businesses with no cash down. So there's a lot of really interesting ways to acquire businesses right now that I'm I'm not an expert at, but like we're we're working with those guys in terms of like consultants, advisors to come up with creative ways to acquire businesses. Because there's a lot of like, hey, we'll, you know, we want to acquire a business. We'll you know, basically pay you 12 months. Over the next 12 months, you'll get 100% of the profits come out of the business. If we, hit this, if we don't hit this goal, the business returns to you. If, if we hit over this goal, we acquire X percent of the business. There, there's a lot of interesting strategies um, that I'm seeing people use right now. So it's like people might be watching and saying, well, hey, I want to get involved, but I don't have $5 million in cash that you know, I can acquire. Businesses or invest in businesses, so uh, it's it's a good time for people that are, you know, maybe not flush with cash, but still want to get involved. Plus, people that are obviously have you know a good amount of cash, and vice versa. If you need cash or you're looking to sell a business, now is probably the best time in history to to do that.
0: Yeah, there's uh one of one of our um, ad card holders is um, an agency that acquired the. Uh, the company called uh, Brandless. This company was valued at five hundred million, like just a year and a half ago, and uh, raised two hundred forty million. Kind of spun out of the you know VC San Francisco Bay Area, and these guys picked it up for like, like I think their inventory was like eight figures, and these guys picked it up for like low seven figures, and um, that it happens like all the time where a lot of those, you know, people are kind of coming out of like their series C can't raise another round and they just have spent just ridiculous amounts of money. And it's really just like, who's the lowest bidder, uh, so that we can have the biggest write-off, you know, for
1: our VC partners. It's huge. I think that's, that's like a tsunami right now is these, Mm -hmm. there's the last like five plus years, VCs have mm-hmm. been chasing purple, right? It's like the purple model, the Catherine model of just pump tons of cash into DTC brands, have them spend obscene amounts of money on marketing and branding and all this stuff, don't really care about profit, and then eventually it'll become profitable, which is the typical Silicon Valley model that has never worked ever in every bubble. It's led to every single bubble is that mindset, and it they they never learn. But like, yeah, I mean, now they're, you look at Away, like, These brands that like we we have their suitcases and it's an awesome brand, but you have this brand that's raised tons of money and happens to sell products that are only for travel and there's been no travel for six months. Like there's gonna be a lot of companies like that that have built hundred million dollar, you know, potentially billion dollar brands and are going to go bankrupt and be bought for you know pennies on the dollar if you have the capital. I know like uh, Ty Lopez and those guys they've been buying. Like Pier One, they've been buying all of these big, big retail brands for like pennies on the dollar, and just getting, you know, making money right on the inventory and just bringing it all online, which is crazy.
0: So, how do you look at structuring these deals, right? So, so the first problem a lot of people have is like getting access to the money. You know, where are these conversations happening? But you're starting to, you know, build that network, right? And people are starting to look for you to deploy that. How are you starting to think about? Structuring it on the money side to make it a win for them and a win for you,
1: yeah. So, what we're looking at, and again, like I'm just to be clear, I'm not a uh, not a, a money guy and I'm not like involved in the, the actual like negotiations of the deal and stuff. But I, what I will say is, what we're yeah. looking to do is come on in an ideal scenario, you come on as an advisor for the company or a member of the board, you get paid a a director's fee essentially so either quarterly or annually you get you know paid to be that advisor role plus you get a piece of the sale so you'll get a you know a piece of the exit when it does sell so you get cash coming in to help grow the company and then a bigger chunk of cash when the company sells thanks to your support as an advisor and a resource there so for us that's that's Kind of what we're looking for. Obviously, there are other ways you can go about it. You can be more passive, where it's just like, "Here's cash to invest in a acquire," and somebody else comes in and operates it, and it runs, it, and you're not involved. Or you're just facilitating, connecting somebody with money with the store, and you're just, "Hey, I want a piece of whatever you get for helping you get the deal."
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so th- there's there's a lot of ways to look at it. We like the kind of hybrid approach where you're an advisor, or board member, plus mm. an owner, and getting a piece of the exit. Um, just because like that that's I think the ideal compensation model for the skill set that you have, that I have, the people in our industry have. Like, and it's unfortunate the compensation model that most of us will never get. Like most people who are talented at marketing and media buying, they get paid peanuts in the grand scheme of things, because they get paid a percent of ad spend over a few months or a year, they get fired. And that company, that agent, that company hires another agency and gets them to the next stage, the next stage, the next stage, that company then sells 50 million, hundred million. And, you know, maybe you made, you know, $50,000 over the lifetime of that. Whereas like, Hey, if we're going to provide our, our Rolodex, our knowledge, our resources, our labor, we want to be paid now. And we also want to have part of the upside because at the end of the day, like, what we do is such, and when I say we, I mean collectively, like our industry is such an important piece of the growth story for companies that it, it makes sense to have a piece of that growth that you're, you're contributing to. So yeah, that, that advisor and exit model is, is really exciting. And
0: then on the flip side, right, on the money side, right, if somebody's sitting on a million bucks and they say, you know, Max, like, how can I put this to use? Are you guys looking at that from a debt perspective? Do you guys look at that from like a equity perspective? Because you know, part of this is like, you guys are figuring it out, right? Yeah. And this is kind of the fun part of the, having the conversation. We're not kind of saying, "Hey, Max, you you have all the answers here. Like, <laughs> tell us." Uh, but it's always interesting, you know, to see like, you know, where where you're tilting, where you're looking, and you know, somebody has capital to deploy into a project there's a lot of ways to structure that and there's a lot of ways to screw that up and how to, (laughs) and how to structure that. And, uh, I'm, I'm curious where where your head's at
1: there. There's, there's a few, a few models there. One, like, I think it depends on who who you're getting the capital from, um, and what they're Mm -hmm. used to in terms of how they structure deals. I know, Mm -hmm. um, some of the guys that are, are family office guys that are more traditional money, they're, they're investing in doing more convertible debt type deals, at least that we, we've seen. And essentially what they're doing is, hey, we'll give you half a million, we'll give you a million, we're going to assign an interest rate to that to pay it back. Uh, if you pay it back within a year, two years, whatever the time frame is, um, it either converts into a small piece of equity or no equity. If you don't, then it converts into a, a bigger piece of equity in the business. So it's not like, Hey, you didn't pay it back in full. You, you know, we're you're going to, we're going to take everything. It's, it's essentially like a pretty, a pretty easy way to structure deals. Cause it, you know, you're not really putting a hard valuation on the company that it's, it's a little easier just diligence wise, paperwork wise. Um, it's one of the ways we, we raised money back when I did the startup world when I was doing startups and stuff. Um, and it was definitely the, the easiest when we were doing those versus when we actually did equity rounds and stuff in terms of just the legal work and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's become pretty common from what we're seeing for those guys. But then there's people that just like, they want to just buy, you know, 80% of the company outright. It's, mm-hmm. hey, um, you know, we want to buy 80%. You can retain 20%. You're going to stay on for a year to operate and help with a transition, at which point, um, you know, there's a, a transition there of whether we buy out the additional 20%, whether we let you retain the 20%, whatever that might be, and you stand as a board, a board member. Yeah. Um, that's probably the other role I don't think there's a lot of people out there, unless it's a a like a P firm where they have infrastructure and resources and and companies in place to acquire something outright and roll it into a portfolio. If it's an individual investor or a few guys or a few women like they, they don't want to run the whole thing like they want to take a big chunk of it but they still want to have you know a team in place to run it day to day um they're not probably like super excited to run a you know a five million dollar a year you know apparel store whatever it might be right so that's if it's equity that's the the most yeah. common we're seeing right now
0: yeah oh it's super interesting i like i like the approach of coming in and, you know, somebody owning 80% of it and, you know, somebody that's an agency owner coming in and, and and getting 20% equity in something to facilitate that whole transaction and, you know, and operate it for the next year or two. Sounds like a great deal. Um, so it's really cool. I appreciate you sharing all those things and also being able to admit that you don't have it all figured out just yet. Of course Um not. But yeah, that's, it's fun, man. Well, tell me what you're excited about right now. What, you know, what do you have coming down the pike? How can we support you? And uh, where can people lean, uh, learn more?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll probably be for the next few months, just a, a ghost because I'm having a, my my baby boys coming in in a week. So that's going to be the, the priority for a while. So for me, it's been the last month or so planning and getting the team up, to, you know, making sure everything's taken care of. Q4 it's you know the timing is you know having a baby right in Q4 our our business season um you know it's it's a lot to plan for but uh, from a business focus you know we have our educational business which is never it's never been a huge priority for us just because it's it's not a super sexy business exit wise. Like there haven't been mm-hmm. many people I know that have been able to build a very, very large educational business, especially if it's built on the back of influencer, like an influencer or a guru, because it's your it's a, per, it's a personal brand essentially. Uh, so unless you're like Tony Robbins or something, like it's very, very tough to build something. I think Masterclass, that that world is going to be more interesting. I think that that's the model that you can build, you know, $100 million, billion dollar company on education. Um, but so for us, like, we just give away everything for free. Like we're switching purely just to, I don't want to make any more courses. I don't want to sell any more $1,000 courses, $2,000 courses. Um, I would prefer to just, here's all our content. Enjoy it. We'll build a newsletter. We'll have a, a list we provide content to. And then we monetize through partners that provide valuable resources and let them fulfill and do all that. Um, so that, that's really info. We're putting together some cool free resources for the next month or two that we'll put out there. Um, and all this stuff, like I don't want to send them to all different landing pages. Like go, if you go to unicorninnovations.com, it has everything. Like that's all you need, all you need to go and check out. Um, Q4 is obviously big for performance. So we're we're really building out those burst campaigns, getting ready for some big deals there, setting up all the stuff you need to set up with our financing, with our ad account, like just all the things you're going to need to be able to spend $100,000 a day um, because that becomes logistically challenging. And most people like, you don't think about it until you get to that point. So we've been to that point. We know it breaks and now we're, Going back and saying, well, let's let's make sure we plan everything appropriately so we don't miss Love out profit potential. And then let's uh, call it uh,
0: 100 k a day toolkit dot com. I like that
1: hundred k a day.
0: I like that sponsored yeah. to, sponsored by AdCard and AdCapital. <laughs> <laughs> That's go, awesome. Go dude. Buy the
1: domain right now.
0: Okay, great. Yeah, and, and you know, congrats on on. Uh, um, Proud Patriots, I feel like this is going to be an epic season for that brand as well. Yes. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, hopefully you guys are considering an exit here, you know, come the end of the year, as I feel like this would be a phenomenal season to to really be queuing that up.
1: That's the plan. So yeah, the plan, I don't know, like any of us are, are passionate about growing a huge conservative business. So uh, <laughs> what we're passionate about is like fun challenges. And this has been like a fun challenge and project. So yeah, the, the goal we kind of unanimously across the partners is, hey, let's absolutely blow this up in Q4. Let's, as we're doing that, we have a bunch of conversations happening about exits. Let's find a good partner to sell it to, and let's take a good amount of cash off the table, and then roll the rest of it into, you know, acquiring new businesses and new projects. So that's that's the plan going to 2021.
0: I love it, Max. Thank you so much, man. Well, I really course, appreciate guys. it. You're an amazing guest. You're you're always so thorough and open and transparent and uh, we'll definitely have you back on the show.
1: Looking forward to it, appreciate it. Thanks.
0: Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ed Podcast. If you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and com slash podcasts. And if you absolutely love the show, go ahead and leave a review and a comment, share with a friend, if you do, Take a copy, screenshot of it, email me, Zach at funnel-dot-com, show me you left a review, and I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ad book. To learn more about the book, go to com. To leave a review, go to com slash review. Thanks again.